Welcome to a brand new episode of the Jam Pack Report today for February the 13th of 2020. Of course, my name is Samuel Adams and this show is late. Haha, <laughs> if you are a subscriber that normally looks at the show as soon as it comes out, it normally hits the feeds around 7 p.m. Not tonight. Oh no, we had a nice climate change filled day of 70 degree weather here in the Carolinas. So I thought that I would take some time to go outside and enjoy it. Got hung up with a friend and hey, here we are at 9.05 p.m. on a Thursday night recording a podcast. I love you guys, I really do, because today we are still going to be covering the gaming news, specifically the fact that Quantic Dream will start self-publishing its games as an independent studio. This was a very big story today, in my opinion. When people think of Quantic Dream, many immediately relate them to Sony. You would not be too far off. They have effectively served as a second-party developer to Sony for the last decade. Heavy Rain, Beyond Two Souls, and Detroit Become Human were all PlayStation-exclusive games published by Sony before eventually coming to PC in 2019, as Quantic Dream started to dip its toes in self-publishing. Starting this year, however, Quantic Dream will begin publishing all of its own games as an entirely independent studio. The Quantic Dream self-publishing announcement comes as the studio celebrates its 23rd birthday this year. Since its founding in May of 1997, Quantic Dream has developed five games. The studio tributes the success of its latest release, Detroit Become Human, as well as the self-published releases of its games on PC, as a key part in the ability to realize the vision and begin self-publishing. For the first time in 23 years, Quantic Dream will operate as an independent studio with the ability to make its own creative and marketing decisions in total independence. It is no secret that Quantic Dream president David Cage has not been too thrilled with some of the marketability changes made to the studio's games in the past, specifically for The Nomad Soul and Fahrenheit, Indigo Prophecy in North America. While it appears that the partnership with Sony has been a little more kind to the studio's overall independence and freedom, it has clearly found an additional success by self-publishing its games on the PC platform. More than just publishing its own games, Quantic Dream also wants to step into a position to help other developers and creators. Quote, it will allow us to help other developers by providing investment and development support so that they can fully express their talents. We want to support creators of original projects and help them in turn to achieve their vision and offer quality groundbreaking experiences. It is not yet clear if this is just a goal for the company moving forward or if they have already found projects they want to support. Quantic Dream remains committed to its roots as it takes this step. It still plans to use games as an interactive medium of artistic expression that include values of humanism, solidarity, and inclusiveness. It wants to continue to make games that are different, which is certainly supported by the studio striking out on its own. Of course, as of October of last year, Detroit Become Human has sold more than 3.2 million units on the PS4 alone, and that does not include other units sold since October and on top of that, the PC release in December. Then Heavy Rain and Beyond Two Souls were both some of PS3's best-selling games and have since had PS4 and PC versions released that add to those numbers. And as self-publishing begins, it is unknown if Quantic Dream will branch out beyond PlayStation and PC, potentially jumping to Xbox or maybe even Nintendo Switch. So the first thing I want to say in regards to this situation is that if you are holding your breath hoping for Quantic Dream releases on the Xbox that are older games, I probably would stop. You're going to pass out because that's something that probably is tied up in a lot of contracts. Uh, console exclusivity specifically is something that I think Sony has likely tied down to Detroit Become Human, Heavy Rain, Beyond Two Souls, etc. Uh, just because all of those games were marketed as almost exclusives for PlayStation, which technically they were, even though they came to PC at a later date. Uh, with that kind of marketing going on, I would say that Sony probably had some kind of contract signed to show them, hey, 
This is something you can only get on PlayStation as far as the console experience goes, and that's perfectly fine because that money enabled them at Quantic Dream to go on to start self-publishing as we see today, which is very exciting, and I personally am glad to see it. Because self-publishing, although it does come with more risks, also does add to the ability to the studio to do what they want without the risk of being limited by a publisher, without the risk of their project being changed uh, because of, as the article does say, marketability. Uh, they can do what they want and promote it however they want uh, because they have full control over how it's done. In a way, uh, you can also look to Devolver Digital as a company that has really gone above and beyond when it comes to self-publishing and working with small independent creators because the marketing behind a lot of the games that Devolver puts out is insane and people love it. Uh, and it was not something that would normally be picked up by a larger publisher. I mean, look at the Devolver E3 show. Every year you look forward to it because it's basically making fun of E3 itself and people adore it. It's genius marketing, and I hope to see that kind of thing happen with Quantic Dream. Of course, not the uh, satirical kind of Twitter account uh, that we see with Devolver, but somewhat of a new identity and an advantage given to a team that really does have tons of talent. Because, I mean, if you look at Detroit Become Human, it really did push the PS4 to its limits, and it really created something entirely unique out of that piece of software. However, moving on, Disney has invited game developers to tell original stories with popular franchises. Disney is opening its vault to leading video game creatives. Sean Shoptal, Senior VP Games and Interactive Experiences at Disney, on Wednesday gave an update on the studio's new approach to video game licensing at the 2020 DICE Summit at the Area Convention Center in Las Vegas. I am here for one specific reason, to empower you to do really unique things with our catalog, the exec told the crowd of game developers. We want to tap into the power of creatives across the industry. Citing recent examples such as EA and Respawn Entertainment's Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, 2019's 6th best-selling title, and 2018's Marvel Spider-Man from Insomnia Games, which was the fastest-selling first-party title in Sony's history, with 3.3 million units sold in its first three days, Shoptal stressed the importance of original storytelling and reimagining what Disney characters and settings could be. The Disney exec extended an invitation to game developers in the room and throughout the industry to come and play. That's a direct quote with its extensive catalog of franchises, which now include many 20th Century, formerly 20th Century Fox, properties such as Avatar and Bob's Burgers, among many others. Disney has had an exclusive publishing deal with EA on Star Wars games for consoles since 2013, and last year's Jedi Fallen Order has been the biggest success story since the start of the partnership, outperforming previous titles like Star Wars Battlefront 2 in 2017, which sold more than 9 million copies but did come in under expectations. EA expects Jedi Fallen Order, meanwhile, to top 10 million in sales early this year, despite being a single-player adventure that, as of yet, has released no new content since its launch in October. Excuse me, November. Another long-term partnership has been with Square Enix, which Disney has worked with nearly the past two decades on with the role-playing series Kingdom Hearts. The latest entry in the franchise, Kingdom Hearts 3, debuted last year and has sold more than 5 million copies, becoming the fastest-selling title in the series. Working with our friends at Disney through our nearly 20-year relationship has produced something that neither of us could have ever accomplished alone, says Kingdom Hearts 3 producer Shinji Hashimoto. The Disney Pixar team has provided invaluable support in helping us realize our creative visions through this beloved saga. The presentation at DICE is the first time Disney, which stepped away from developing its own games recently to focus on licensing partnerships with game studios, has pulled back the curtain on its broader gaming plans. 
since its acquisition of 21st Century Fox early this year. We want to dream big and look forward to all the things we can do together, Shoptal told the audience. So what's happening here? What games are we going to be getting? That's kind of up in the air because this is all just pretty much the green light being given. There really is no news here as to what games we're going to be playing. But one sentiment that has stuck with me throughout the years is that if somebody else can do something well, if somebody else has a specific skill set that you don't have, why would you continue to try and do what they are doing very, very well whenever you could just give them the right to do it and let them do it and then be more effective at it while you throw yourself into what you are good at and pretty much play to your strengths. That makes sense in every business and that specifically makes sense when it comes to creating entertaining pieces of content for people to enjoy. Whether that be movies, whether that be podcasts, whether it be games, whatever it might be. If you have people out there that are better at making games than you are, then give them the ability to do that. And that's exactly uh, what the team at Disney is doing here. Because game developers around the industry have plenty of talent and if you marry a good set of people with an incredible IP, you can really have something. Uh, that takes off like wildfire, and I think that's what we are going to be seeing with Disney entities going forward. I think that an Avatar game is pretty much inevitable with a new movie coming out, in fact, multiple new movies. Additionally, I would love to see a remake of Simpsons Hit and Run, uh, which I know is a 21st Century Fox entity, uh, but that would be very neat to see on the PlayStation 5. Maybe a backwards compatibility kind of situation could happen with the PlayStation 4 as well and of course other consoles and platforms. Uh, but interesting to see Disney pretty much giving the green light to everybody uh, when it comes to getting their hands on famous IP and seeing what they can do with it. Now, let's talk about Google because they have announced five Stadia games including Panzer Dragoon's remake. The next batch of first on Stadia titles includes a serious Sam trilogy. Oh boy. Google has announced its next batch of first on Stadia games for its game streaming service. The quintet includes ex excuse me, entries from franchises that might ring a bell, Panzer Dragoon and Serious Sam. Panzer Dragoon Remake is an updated version of the Sega Saturn Classic with revamped visuals and controls. This won't exactly be a Stadia exclusive though. A Switch version has been scheduled for a winter release, while GOG also has a listing for the remake. The Serious Sam collection includes Serious Sam HD The First Encounter, Serious Sam HD The Second Encounter, and Serious Sam 3 BFE, as well as all of their expansions. As ever in that series, you will battle hordes of aliens. You can hop into co-op and deathmatch modes with up to four players locally and six online multiplayer. As for other titles, Lost Worlds Beyond the Page is a story-driven, <coughs> excuse me, 2D platformer that takes place inside a girl's diary. You will solve puzzles by interacting with words as you explore a fantasy world and will arrive on Stadia in the spring in what appears to be a timed exclusive because Lost Worlds Beyond the Page is also slated for release on Steam, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Also on the docket are 3D Tower Builder Stacks on Stacks on Stacks, that's the name, and a chaotic looking arcade multiplayer called Splitlings. Spitlings? Excuse me, Spitlings. Not that you care. Stadia has not had many exclusives to date, with Guilt, Get Packed, and Orcs Must Die 3 among those that were previously confirmed or released, but even then those are only timed exclusive and are likely to make their way to other platforms. 
Google has said more than 120 games will join the Stadia lineup this year, including at least 10 timed exclusives in the first half of 2020, delays to major titles including Cyberpunk 2077, Marvel's Avengers, and Gods and Monsters will have been a blow to gamers and the Stadia team, though. Whether the latest announced titles are enough to smooth over player complaints about the Stadia lineup remains to be seen, but at least Google is offering some firm details on what is heading to the platform. So, I'm going to be very, very blunt, painfully blunt. Nobody cares about any of these games, especially not to go out and get Google Stadia. And on top of that, with the majority of them, if not all of them, being timed exclusives, this is worthless for the Stadia brand. I mean, truly, uh, especially considering that Serious Sam, I believe this is out on Steam as well. Let's give it a quick Google just to make sure. Uh, but whenever you have games that are coming out to a platform that is already incredibly popular, I just don't understand why you would worry about, you know, having it on Stadia. Uh, regardless, it looks like perhaps it came to the Xbox 360 and now it's getting re-released. Uh, it's not going to be something that is going to be on uh, PS4, Xbox One, and PC on day one. It looks like a timed exclusive as confirmed. Uh, but, again, is it really worthwhile to pick up Stadia? Are people going to be ravenously going after uh, uh, the ability to play these games on the go through Stadia? Probably not, especially with Panzer Dragoon's remake. It did not look that good whenever we saw it shown off. Of course, it could have gotten uh, could have gotten a little bit more polish, and on top of that, uh, could have gotten a bit more direction. But right now, man, it's just not looking good. And then, like, no offense to the developers of these games, but Spitlings, I don't care. Stacks on stacks on stacks, I really, really don't care. Lost Worlds Beyond the Page, I, I am, oh god, no, please, just save me. Uh, so that's kind of where that sits right now. Again, not to be a Debbie Downer. Really, I'm not. If you're looking forward to these games, go after it, enjoy it, play the hell out of your Stadia. But I just say this is not the move that they really need to be making right now. They need to have exclusives, not timed exclusives. They need good, genuine exclusives. Because even Xbox, a struggling console in this generation, has console exclusives that I still come back to Xbox for. Halo, on top of that, Gears of War, on top of that, uh, Banjo-Kazooie, the Rare Collection, you have so many of these entities uh, that only exist on Xbox. It does make sense that you still have both consoles, but now, nah, Stadia, no point. However, maybe Ronda Rousey will be playing some Google Stadia games on her stream on Facebook Gaming because she now has an exclusive video game streaming deal. Noted World of Warcraft fan, Mortal Kombat character, person with bad opinions about trans rights, and also WWE wrestler Ronda Rousey is diving headfirst into the lucrative world of video game streaming. She has announced that beginning next week she'll be doing it exclusively on Facebook. In a post on Instagram, Rousey described video game streaming as one of the rawest and most authentic mediums, which is why she has decided to try her hand at it. In a press release, she said that streaming will let her take off the figurative mask she has crafted as a fighter and wrestler and just be herself. Through my streams, people can hang out with the real me, not the character version of myself they are used to seeing, she said. Of course, streamers are still playing characters, given that they have to dial her personalities up at least a small amount to keep their viewers entertained, so your mileage may vary if you are hoping to get an authentic front row seat to the real deal. Rousey will debut on Facebook with an Australian bushfire charity next stream uh, next Tuesday, with regular streams following every Monday morning. 
So, Rousey has not hit her love of gaming over the years, and it goes on to talk about her and Pokemon and World of Warcraft, all that good stuff. And then they talk more about the exclusivity deals that you see with Shroud on Mixer and Ninja on uh, Mixer as well. And then, of course, uh, Tim the Tabman and Lyric re-signing with Twitch on top of that Admiral Brew also signing with Twitch. Drake's partnership with Caffeine that was announced earlier this week. Uh, They talk more about all of those. Oh, man, I don't know how to even process this because it's getting a bit ridiculous now. I'm curious as to whether or not Ronda Rousey even has a desire to stream games or if this is something the Facebook team contacted her about or perhaps she contacted various entities and said, hey, is there any way I can get a branded deal out of this? And then they might have chunked some change her way. Uh, Regardless, interesting to see that she is going about it this direction. Uh, And of course, if you want to see the entire debut announcement video, you can see it on her official Instagram page, uh, which I will uh, not be, of course, playing right now because I really don't care. I'm very blunt whenever it gets late in the evening. I, I just really, I have no desire to watch uh, professional WWE wrestler Ronda Rousey uh, play games on Facebook gaming. I just really, I just don't at all. However, bidding begins on Nintendo's PlayStation prototype. Oh man, now this is something. This is something I care about. Bidding has begun on the Super NES CD-ROM system, the fabled prototype of Sony and Nintendo's ill-fated collaboration. With the opening offers now at more than $30,000, it is, to say the least, expected to sell for much more when the auction ends next month. The unit in question is the only known surviving prototype of the 200 believed to have been made. It is owned by Terry Diebold, a retired employee of Advanta Corporation, a company whose CEO was once Olaf Olafsson, What a name! The CEO of what was Sony Computer Entertainment when the prototype was made. Diebold acquired the console, collectively known as the Nintendo PlayStation, and a lot of other items when the company went bankrupt in 2009. It sat in Diebold's attic for about six years until his son Dan recalled seeing it and posted pictures of the unit to Reddit. Since then, it was repaired in 2017 by the famed modder and YouTube personality Ben Heckendorn, although no games were ever developed for the unit. It now has the ability to play CD music, like the commercially produced PlayStation, but there is no proprietary software that is known to have been made during the prototype's development, says the listing at Heritage Auctions of Dallas. The description notes that the Nintendo PlayStation has two mysterious labels, a piece of tape on the bottom with a handwritten 2, and next over a port on the back whose purpose is unknown. The sale includes a yellowing Super Nintendo controller with a forerunner of the first PlayStation logo, as well as the debug cartridge that allows the console to activate the CD-ROM drive and access its operating system. This is arguably one of the most notorious, mysterious, and controversial artifacts of the video game industry, Heritage Auction says. In announcing the auction in December, Heritage's consignment director Valerie McClecky told Polygon that the auction house had no idea what kind of price the prototype would fetch. The market is going to have to dictate the value on this one. Diebold in the same month told Kotaku that he turned down a $1.2 million offer from a buyer in Norway. So it's very possible this ends up with the record for the most paid for any single piece piece of video game memorabilia. I can't read. Heritage Auctions in November sold a rare copy of Mega Man for $75,000. Other grails of gaming history like a sealed copy of Stadium Events or Super Mario Bros. have pulled 42k and 100k through eBay and other arrangements. Proxy bids on the Nintendo PlayStation are being taken now through the morning of March 6th, and the unit will be auctioned off at noon Eastern Time on that date in a session accepting bids from phone, mail, fax, and the internet, as well as live on Heritage Auctions floor. 
And so there is a picture of the unit in question. Uh, but man, I love this piece of gaming history because this is from an era uh, where we potentially would have seen Sony and Nintendo working together to collaborate on a piece of tech. Uh, and that's something that is unimaginable in 2020. I mean, although we are getting to an era where these companies are beginning to work together, I could never have imagined uh, something like this happening. But I love to see it. I'm glad that it exists. And I cannot wait to see just how much this thing actually ends up going for uh, whenever the final bid is placed, because I'm incredibly interested to know the value of what is potentially the last remaining console on Earth. That is the Nintendo PlayStation. But man, what a cool story. However, finally, to round out today's show, Nintendo is not related to this one, but Neo 2 has gone gold, so practice your frame-perfect combos and dodges now. How can I say for sure the Koei Tecmo is sticking out to that release date? Well, the game has gone gold, master approval, and is ready for a full release, so there is presumably no turning back now for Neo 2. This news comes off of the heels of the original selling 3 million copies during its third anniversary. With no From Software RPG technically slated for 2020, or Souls game in sight for that matter, I am beyond excited for Neo 2, says the author. The original Neo is one of my favorite games of the decade, and talking about it with our own Jordan DeVore and discovering new tidbits underneath the hood has been an absolute joy. From what I've seen and played of Neo 2, says Chris Carter on Destructoid, it looks like it will continue that legacy. A legacy mind that could keep rolling into the future with a PlayStation 5 exclusive. And so it goes gold. Congrats to the team behind the scenes at Koei Tecmo for finishing out Neo 2 and pumping it up for release of, of course, the game on PS4 and I believe exclusively there for a while before coming to PC in the future as the other did. I believe Neo came to PC, if I remember correctly. Neo PC. I want to make sure... Yes, the complete edition did come to Steam, so that's likely going to be the situation with this sequel as well. But right now, it is a timed console exclusive. So, hey, PC gamers out there, you got to practice your patience. You got to meditate a bit. Uh, now, I will say, I have not gotten into Neo nearly as much as I had hoped that I would. Of course, it was given away for free as part of a PlayStation Plus promotion about six months ago or so, give or take. Uh, and so, I need to get in, play it more. But I'm glad to see that Neo 2 has gone gold and that it is going to be added to the the release of awesome games coming out over the course of the next few months. And of course, you can always catch up on the hottest games coming out each and every week on The Drop, hosted on youtube.com slash Samuel Adams Media. But that rounds out today's episode of the Jam Pack Report. If you enjoyed this one, drop me a like down below and let me know what you think about the show as well as the news we covered today. I would love to hear your thoughts. But until tomorrow, you guys have a good one. And hey, if I don't see you and you're out celebrating Valentine's Day, have a good one with the ones you love, and if you don't have anybody you're going out with, by all means, dive into some games, watch some movies, practice some self-love. That sounds good, too. But I'll talk to you tomorrow, and peace.